Hello and welcome to another recording of Father Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface X. And Father, in our last episode, we were discussing about how each of us are unique in our experiences and our expectations and how that can create a unique situation or a, an interesting thought process of going with how can we have a common desire and a common need to have a relationship with God, knowing that our part of the experience is unique because each of us are unique. Well, God is the same God for all of us. You know, he doesn't treat father Boniface six different than he treats me. You know, God is going to be continually immensing love and mercy. And I wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper because to me, it is a little bit of like, how is that possible? Because I know that obviously I'm not God. I'm not trying to reflect myself as God, but I don't treat everyone the same. I'm not even sure I try to. I'm not even sure I want to try to. Um, But at the end of the day, that's not how, at least my perception of the teaching of the faith, God is to us. And I wanted to dive into that because I think that it's an important one of these items that is a foundational building block. And for some reason, the more important a foundation building block is, the less likely we talk about it. So I wanted to actually spend some time and, you know, drill into this a little bit. Yeah, well, it's a, uh, it's a great question. Your, your thoughts about that are uh, indicating... Um, Anyway, the uh, uh, the importance of it, the and and the tension that's there. There really is a, a paradox there, and and we can you we can give it two names. So on the one hand, we can talk about commutative justice, which is to give to each one according to what he uh, deserves. So I just did a little quick Wikipedia search, and the the definition says uh, the principle to give each person that to which he or she is entitled according to the rules of the, the price system. Um, so on the one hand, there is something unique in particular that one person is entitled to more uh, or less. That's why people have different salaries, for example. It makes sense to have different salaries. We sort of work within that system. We may not think about it uh, too much or even as much as we should, but we do make a unique application of uh, giving different amounts to different people. And, and there's a, anyway, there's a way to think through that. Um, and then on the other hand, you have distributive justice, which is to give uh, to everyone the same, we could say. And so everyone has to have, or everyone deserves uh, this, uh, at least this. And there's a, there's a kind of irresolvable tension in that and uh, we tend to like distributive justice uh, or commutative justice as it applies best to us. We want to sort of give everybody else uh, maybe distributive justice, but we want commutative justice for ourselves. We, we would like to be entitled to more, but um, we don't want ever, anybody else to get more. I mean, there's this kind of internal tension in our, our fallen nature. But uh, there, just to acknowledge there is, a, there is a tension there. And how do you do that perfectly? Well, Ultimately, love is the thing that does this perfectly. Love is the is the only thing that bridges the gap by 
uh, always giving more in some sense and always caring for the least at the same time. And so uh, love is what makes it possible to, to do both. And this is the what parents discover. Uh, and maybe I know you have one child now, God willing, we'll have a, uh, well, you have a second child uh, coming, don't you? Or, no. Not, not that I know. No, no. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. I just uh, so many people tell me that they're uh, that they they have they're pregnant, and then tell me like, but don't tell anybody. And uh, I figured if you had told me that it was long enough ago, that it would be okay to say it now. But anyway, no, that uh, was like eighteen months ago. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But when you have a, you know, God willing, if you have a second child. Uh, you you may wonder, how can I possibly love this child the same way or to the same degree, the same amount as I love my my first child? And uh, amazingly, parents discover that it's possible. Pope Francis has used this image. He says his mother used to say with her five children, she loves them like her five fingers. Uh, she doesn't want to lose any of them. She loves all of them and needs all of them. But, you know, they're all unique as well. And there's a, a way that we can love uniquely. And, and with equal intensity, we might say, uh, equal degree, equal uh, uniqueness. So I love you individually as much as I love someone else individually. We can make the differentiation, but have kind of the same uh, uh, quantity or intensity or depth of, uh, of the love. So, uh, so we, we, ha- we do have to balance those kinds of things even in our human lives. And, and certainly God is able to balance those kinds of things because he, know how, he knows how he made us. Uh, another image that one could use is, well, people have different size vessels. You know, a, a coffee cup and a jug can both be full. And of course, they're full according to their own capacity. And that's also what God does with us. He fills each one of us. Uh, we may have different capacities, but Nobody is dissatisfied at being full, whether you're a coffee cup or you're a, a big jug, uh, you're, you're satisfied with being full. So those are just some different images to, to describe that. But um, God's plan for everyone is holiness, and holiness for everyone looks like being full of love, being in a fully loving relationship with God and through him with everyone else. Um, but what that looks like for each individual is different depending on the the uniqueness of the individual being full of love for you and you being fully alive is different than me being full of love and me being fully alive and yet both of us are full and both of us are in that sense satisfied and brought to our our full, the fulfillment of our super nature our nature divinized by grace father i just had a thought here and this might be trying to do, unfortunately, what I think some people do of taking what I'm doing in my life and taking a Bible verse and trying to make them mesh, even if they're not. But the thought that I had was we talk all the time here about how it's important for us to build stronger and better relationships with ourselves, with those around us, and obviously underneath the umbrella of God. And my, my thought dash question here is when we are out in our regular lives or everyday life, I guess is the more appropriate way of saying that, and we're building better relationships in whatever capacity that is for the relationship we're given with. The analogy you just gave of the different jugs being able to be filled, 
in my head was like a relationship. You know, you're, you're pouring some of yourself into someone else's jug, you know, making, making their jug have more and extra and then overflowing it uh, essentially with, with grace and happiness to everyone else. And the thought I had there, and this is hopefully where I'm not misconstruing a, the, the Bible verse here is that seems like the modern day practice of when two of you are gathered in my name, I will be there in that when you are having a positive, healthy relationship with someone else, inherently God's grace is flowing in there. So not only are you pouring your happiness and good ideas in the relationship into someone else, but God is also contributing. Um, and, and like I said, I don't want to try to think that that's how, I, I don't want to be wrong about applying this, but in my mind, that would explain a lot of how someone can do the smallest thing in a relationship and it have such a massive impact that objectively doesn't make sense. Why did this make such a big deal? But it does, you know, like the small things that people twinkle about. And that was a thought I had, like I said, if I'm completely wrong, shoot it down. But it seems like that's the, the essence of byproduct of us living and trying to have better relationships with each other. Well, I think it's a, a beautiful way to understand that passage. I think that's a, a beautiful interpretation. The, um, you know, I would say something like God loves in our love. And so uh, it's just another way of saying what you said. Uh, when I love, it's, it becomes a kind of vessel for carrying God's love as well. Uh, so God already loved the person, but how does that love get delivered? Well, it gets delivered in the vessel of my love for the person. And my, the vessel of my love may be very small, but God's love is very great and intense. And so, as you say, uh, we give a little and it magnifies, uh, multiplies the impact of it. And so uh, that, that verse where two or three are gathered in my name, to be gathered in his name is to be gathered after his uh, it's not so much about naming him, although that certainly helps uh, to orient us. But as you're intuiting, gathering in his name really means gathering in uh, the, I don't want to say style, but the, the form of how he loves and is present. And so that's the, the form of, of love, to say it in a single word. Yeah. So doing what many people do without even explicitly putting a name on it or maybe even trying to put a name on it is living a good life. Um, it would be, I guess the way that modern people would say that today is I'm just trying to do what's right and live a good life. And the reality is it's going to be inherently, whether you realize it or not tied to the virtues, which are the essence of the teachings of what Jesus gave us. Um, at least from the day-to-day -day practical standpoint, it's not trying to say that they're strictly the theological standpoints, but, um, that, so th that makes sense. So for, for those who are out there trying to make a difference and trying to make their lives better, taking that phone call, making yourself more available and opening up your vessel um, is important. And I want to continue that vessel analogy here because. Well, if I can just uh, make a, just oh, make yes. a comment on that quickly. <laughs> the, I, I wouldn't want to say that. Uh, and I know you're not implying it, but it could sound like this to people that 
it doesn't like being Christian doesn't really matter. Just live a good life. Uh, if you already have Christian values, you don't really need to you know go to church or believe in God, and you can just live a good life, and it'll be fine. Uh, so I wouldn't want to give that impression. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. The, the opposite, actually, because stuff dwindles away; it, it slips away, and being reunited, being reinvigorated, comes from the Eucharist, the Mass. At least that's that's my experience, and I think that that's really a an important part. I mean, it sits down. And, Part of the mass is to focus: Are you living life right? Um, you know that the calling to your sins in the beginning is at least my game check for how did last week go and all of that. And that's incredibly important. You know the self check in process. But to get back to your vessels analogy, you know we all can see a cup, and the way that I'm taking this is that that is how it is in this moment in time. It does not mean that later on we can't become a jug or a big vat or something else. We can grow our vessel in how we want to do that. Likewise, we can also cap it and become more brittle in it. And I think the example of that is like an old bottle of wine. It's capped. Nothing is going in and out of it. And after a certain point, the wine itself starts to deteriorate. And what do we want to be? Do we want to be moving into a restrictive, shut off from society, shut off from relationships, personality, or do we want to be trying to grow it? Um, And then likewise, do we want to be spreading contents that is positive and productive, or do we want to poison the well? And I look at that all as, essentially a choice that we make every single day we have the choice of what kind of content do we want to put in the liquid we're giving to others how much do we want to share and how much do we want to receive and i think at the end of the day while we don't really have an excuse i mean you can choose that in all of the relationships you have or could create And to me, that's when we talk about, are you doing things right? The prism to start looking at, are you giving positive liquid, positive relationships to other people around you? Are you poisoning the well? Criteria one, criteria two, how much are you giving and how much are you accepting? And I'm not sure if that's the the final direction you wanted to go with that analogy there, but that's how it seemed to register with me. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, we're doing, we're making those decisions all day, every day. Uh, every decision, in some senses, uh, for Christ or not for Christ. It's to do the good or not to do the good. It's uh, as you say, determining or or the decision between many goods, hopefully. And what is the greatest good? What's the, what's the greatest gift that I can make of myself? And uh, that, that goes together with Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a, a great way to describe that. Yeah, in terms of uh, growing the vessel also, um, I think that's a fair assumption uh, that we're not sort of locked into place. But the way that we use the gifts that we have to those who have much more will be given. We can think of the parables of the talents that 
Uh, they were entrusted with one gold coin, three, five, and they're able to double those things. I think that's a, an image of capacity growing. And uh, those who have been trusted with small things will be uh, entrusted with great things. Those who have been faithful in small things will be entrusted with great things and, and so forth. Those parables seem to indicate that. So, yeah, we certainly want to live that way. And we could say, uh, essentially, I mean, how do uh, this process of God's love being communicated through my love, uh, that, that vessel analogy, it's really baptism which has given me the vessel, or we might say uh, repaired and transformed the vessel. And we're in a continual process of, of growing and protecting, and I'm sure uh, healing and a number of other things, that vessel. But uh, baptism is really essential for that. And as you said, uh, the Eucharist also is continually filling and expanding the vessel. And so that we really are giving Christ in our acts of love and in our presence to each other, as well as the kind of cognitive space of thinking about our lives and trying to do better and paying attention to where we're falling short and making changes and all of those uh, kind of active works as well. Yeah, and I guess this this is testament to the universality of, of the faith is that there is no starting point you need to be born with to be able to do this. This is something that we all actively can choose at any point in our lives, regardless of where we're at. And there is no prerequisite. This isn't like you're, to become the king of England, you need to have been born from the king of England. This is, I can live this, I want to live this, and this is how. And you know, I, I, thinking of the, of the the talisman uh, that you just brought up there, they got to different talent levels and skill levels, and that's why they were ultimately chosen to be given the one, five, or three based upon their talent level. But it wasn't like the one started off with saying, hey, I went to Harvard and I know everything, and you barely got through community college. It was they worked, and this is how they got there. The starting point was not what was relevant. What was relevant was what did you do with the ability you have and did you grow it? Because presumably everyone started at the same point in that parable. At least that's the way I have always interpreted. You had three people there. One got very efficient at what they were doing. One got kind of efficient and one didn't try at all. And that's how I've always interpreted that. And that's the choices we have in our lives. It just, I've always taken that to the next level. That's essentially what eternity will be, you know, in terms of paradise and having to wait through purgatory to get there. Um, that That's my thought process of it. I could be completely wrong on that and making more out of it than, than it was intended to be, which my mind unfortunately has a tendency to do. But sticking with the core point, we have the ability to choose to do this ourselves and to grow. And while our actions in the moment may seem small or insignificant, everything has a momentum and a building factor. And it leads to when we're evaluated three years later, 10 years later, these little small things we're implementing in our daily life now add up over time to the point where, oh, you fit into the category where you should be given three talents instead of one or five instead of three. And I think that that's all something to, keep an eye on in our day-to-day -day lives. Yeah, that's an interesting question about the uh, the talents 
indicating already a level of expertise. I, I can't say I've ever read that parable in that light, but um, it probably fits. Uh, it seems to be presented in more of a natural capacity um, mode that there there is not an obvious differentiation about why he gives one to one, three to another, and five to another. But um, it's, it's a fair it's a fair comment. I have to think about it a little bit more. In any event, uh, we want to do whether it's a natural ability that we're choosing to invest, or whether it's already some invested and grown natural ability that gives us the capacity for more. Uh, either way, we want to give everything. So that's another point of that parable. Everything is invested. And we want to give everything. Even if we have very little, we still want to give everything. That's what we're made for. We're made to be total self-gift, not to sort of cling to whatever we have, but uh, to respond to, to God's call and to give everything. And then, uh, especially thinking in terms of spiritual goods, when whatever we give is multiplied. Now, if you have a hundred bucks and you give away a hundred bucks, then you're out a hundred bucks. But uh, the the love that you have given with that hundred bucks is multiplied. You have more love after you gave it away than you had before you started. Beautiful. And we're going to continue this line of conversation here in our next episode. Um, so I did not bring up another question like I had for about the last month and a half. So we're going to continue down the line of this, Father, and we will be with you guys here again next week and give us something to implement into our daily lives.